It's not as if she were a, a maniac. A raving thing. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? I'm Heather, and this is Wednesday Wine and Horror. So this week's episode is going to be a little different. I'm going to be discussing a film that isn't normally in my real house. This is a little bit out of my, I wouldn't say genre, but this is definitely not something I would personally pick to do a podcast on. Um, This film is carrying some heavy baggage along with some fucking mommy issues. No, it's not Friday the 13th. There is no Jason because Jason has his own fucking shit to deal with. Okay. We're not talking those mommy issues. This week's film is actually the 2012 remake of Maniac. Now there is a 1980 version, the OG. I haven't seen it in years and did not rewatch it uh, upon watching this. So I don't really fucking remember anything that happened in the 1980 version, but that really doesn't matter because I'm not doing this shit alone. I look, this is too much baggage for me to carry. And I decided to go ahead and pick two strong minded men to come on and help me tackle this film. So that leads me into introducing my two guests. I have Scott with You Run Podcast and Mark with MW Horror Reviews. So, guys, what's up? Um, yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, obviously. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me back on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sh- you chose a crazy ass movie. Okay, but like in my defense, I say I chose it. Te- technically, Mark had a really big hand in choosing this because he suggested me to watch it for me to watch it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it. Then we kind of went on the rampage of like, we should do this for the podcast instead of what we were going to do, which I'm actually kind of happy we didn't do the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. hate that movie. The other movie is. <laughs> fucking stupid as shit but anyways i'm glad that you guys decided to join me um i already know how mark feels about it scott i think that you like this film quite a bit too yeah yeah i I like it i've got some issues with it but nothing that's nothing that's going to upset you (laughs) well i don't really get upset that easy so you might not upset me but you might upset somebody else Yeah, maybe. He's very delicate about his movies. I mean, all you've got to do is, is say one letter and one number and he gets all, all touchy. Right. We're having a night off. We're not doing that on this show. We're not doing that tonight, all right? We're, we're, look, no more verbal abuse. we got to stop it. No more abuse against Mark. <laughs> no. Okay, no. I, I vow I will keep my abuse to a bare minimum for the, the remainder of the show. I'm good with that. I mean, I am not going to vow anything. Because <laughs> this is this is how I show my like expression of like or love, right? I'm very mean, but it really comes from a really good place, like my heart, the heart right there, 
right yeah. there is my heart somewhere. <laughs> but, um, you know, anyways, this movie is really, really good. I am really glad that we picked it. It's going to be a lot of explaining, probably more in depth than I typically do, because normally I'm just like, oh, yeah, this girl showed her titties and scene. We're done. Yeah. But, you know, this one's way more complex. But before we get started into the movie discussion, we have to talk about our drinks. I'll go first. I picked this shitty ass wine. <laughs> it's a Behringer Moscato, which, OK, I have to do shout out. Shout out to Marriott, Lady Crisis 7. She might be a little disappointed that I did a Moscato because her and I are not fans of Moscato wine. But I did what I did, Mary. Sorry, still love you. Uh, 9% alcohol by volume. And so far, if you guys could see my face, I'm just like, eh, it's okay. It's fine. So what are you guys drinking? And you can fight over who goes first because I don't have any order. Oh, Mark, I'll, I'll let you take it. That's so sweet. Oh, thank you, sir. That's, that's very kind of you. <laughs> um, I am drinking a Beaver Town Neck Oil IPA. It's very nice. Um, they do other brands. They do all sorts of different flavors and, and concoctions. And yeah, this is probably third in the, in the list of how good the, the options are. So yeah, it's all right. I give it a four, 4.5 out of five. Yeah. Yum. I'm giving my Steady wine Steady a beer. one. <laughs> <laughs> if you were closer, I would swap with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I am drinking as always. Um, I should be, paid for advertising this because it's every time i come on your show uh, i am drinking yes. a carlsberg danish pilsner uh, 1847 onwards um, and it's very nice it's my chosen beer every time because I I it. every time every time every it is. time I've, we... noti- I've noticed it as well yeah you did you went uh, is that a, is that the same one you drink always like, it's in the green tall like a like what yep. we call in the south so i don't know if you guys oh, call I, it I, this I... tall boys <laughs> so it's like a top. I, I see. I see what's happening here because in the UK they do a advert where Carlsberg makes the greatest of everything. Yes. I see what Scott's <laughs> doing here. He's going for a if Carlsberg did podcasts advert. <laughs> yes, I am definitely that. If Carlsberg done podcast, that would be it. Yeah, I'm 100 in for that. <laughs> well, that's okay. If that's if that's what you like, I always try to mix it up, do a different wine per um, episode doesn't always work out sometimes i just kind of pick the same thing but that's fine if that's what you like yeah if promote, i changed promote. it if i yeah if i changed it i'd probably get really really pissed really really quick and your yeah. your episode would be completely useless cuz i'd just be slurring mm. well i may have done that last <laughs> night i'm just saying um i'm not shouting out anything about that cuz that's my business but <laughs> I'm not going to say that I didn't sound a little bit like, wow, that's it happened. And I tried my best to keep my shit together. And then at one point I just zoned off and forgot we were recording and started playing a game on my phone. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's my turn to talk. Is it me? That sounds it's like me. a very interesting episode. <laughs> uh, and in case anyone's concerned, that wasn't true crime. And no, it was absolutely not. No, we should definitely like this is a thing. And some people may not know this or a lot of people may not know this, but I co-host with Scott on uh, True Crime on the You Run podcast to True Crime. So that should definitely go to video. I almost feel like some episodes 
they should go to video. Yeah, like I, I think, yeah, especially the last one we've done should 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 have gone to video. But maybe we'll see how the next one goes and we'll put that we'll to see. video. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, you guys, are you ready to get into the discussion of this fucked up movie? Fucked up, a very good movie. Yeah. All right, so here we go. We open to an outside shot of people in the streets and a few ladies that have clearly had a few drinks. They are flagging down a taxi and only one of them gets in. So the two girls are kind of chit-chatting. The one girl's like, I think she tells her, um, hey, let's go back in. Let's party. And the other girl's like, no, I'm like she's ready to go. So the girl that's left alone on the streets, she's approached by this guy who is clearly trying to hit on her. I, the whole time, I think he asked her, like, hey, can I just at least have a cigarette? And I'm like, get the fuck on. You know, at this point, I'm like, are they in New York? Let me clarify that. Were they in New York? No, I did actually research into this. The original set in New York. But this it is. One is based, the original is, but this one is based in Los Angeles. Okay. It For some reason, when I'm watching it, I got the New York vibe. Yeah. And I think it's because my mind went back to the 1980 one, because I remember, yes, he was in New York. It, yeah. Something about the, the landscape, it just looked really... I don't know, New Yorkish. Is that a word? It is today. Yeah, it, it is today. now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly she isn't having this guy hit on her. She's over it. She tells him to fuck off. And again, like I said, he asked for a cigarette. Well, as this is going on, you hear a voice say, leave her alone. But you're hearing this voice from outside the shot almost. like So you don't know who it is yet. This is, of course, being seen and heard from another point of view. And this is one thing that I really love so far about the opening of the film is that you're getting the point of view of the other person. You don't know who this person is yet, but you're getting this shot and everything's focused on the outside. Everything's focused on the girl. And I yeah. found that interesting. Yeah, the, the, some re- the way they film this is really clever as well. So they don't just film it that they're watching the girl and the girl stays center frame. They exactly. show it as if eyes would, were wandering. So as she moves yes. across, the camera pans down and looks at her thighs, which I have to say, as a thigh man, she's got some cracking thighs. Um, I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. But, but then they pan back up. But it's literally, it's following wherever that, that yes. the eyes are going. That's where yes. the camera's going. And it's, I it's mean, great. I have to say, not to jump ahead too far yet, because we're not there, but most of the women were really pretty in this movie. And again, I'm like, but did you see Frodo? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, not as convincing, but again, the 1981 Frank, the Frank character, like, I, I can't remember his actual name in real life, but he is not an attractive man. He's scary no. as fuck looking. Yeah. So and Elijah Wood. The original's, not done in, the original's not done in POV either, is it? I don't think no. so. I think it's just no, shot as a regular it. film. You need to watch yeah. it. It's it's pretty fucking bizarre. But anyway, so the girl's continuing to walk down the street. She stumbles. And then we, again, hear that creepy voice say, it's okay, Judy. I know where you live. And at this point, I'm like, okay. Like, this, she's being stalked. So we cut to the cast names and the point of view of someone else driving. You see this whole shot. And you're getting the shot of the basically the whole city. Now we cut to Judy being dropped off by a taxi going into a building, which is where she lives. She is on the phone, which is a big no-no. 
like you're a single girl, you're by yourself and you're on your cell phone. You walk into your building and it's super fucking dark. Like, like, don't be on your phone. That's a PSA for the ladies. Okay. You're going to get killed. (laughs) Like, (laughs) well, I'm just saying like, you, you know how it's like, you know how it basically, you know, someone's on their phone and they're kind of not paying attention. They're easily accessible to getting caught, to getting attacked because they're not paying attention. They could literally care less. So as she walks in, she's walking up to her, uh, walking up the stairs to her floor. The lights are out. And we know that we know this because there is a hand with a knife. And I guess it's sort of like, I want to say like cuts the breakers. It does something that makes the lights go out. Yeah. And I've got to say working in construction and electrical construction. Yeah. This motherfucker would have been sent 50 foot across the room, sticking a knife into a fuse yeah. board. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, a big chunk of metal. He's just whammed into a live fuse board. He well would have been absolutely fried. And I watched him. And- yeah. What's he doing with that knife? And then when he stuck it in, I was like, oh, God. No. Fucking ridiculous. Like, I was like, is it that easy? (laughs) He'd have walked away looking like Marv from Home Alone. (laughs) Right? So at this point, Judy is at her front door, and she turns around to someone telling her, please don't scream. You're so beautiful. Of course, we still don't see who this person is. You're just focusing on Judy. That's her name. Of course, she screams, and we get our first kill scene. A knife is plunged right underneath her chin, going right into her mouth, and she is then immediately scalped. So before we continue, I'm watching this, and I was like, holy fucking shit, within the first maybe, like, five minutes. Yeah. yeah. This is insane. Already, someone's, she's done. And I have to say, the scalping, to me, looked very realistic. Not that I've scalped anybody. But... (laughs) Are you sure, it, Heather? I don't know. <laughs> what yeah, year are we talking one, about? One thing I did really like about this is the practical effect work was, was spot on. Was spot mm-hmm. on. Fantastic. This kill alone. This kill alone at the beginning. Yes. I really liked how when he said to her, don't scream. And midway through the scream, he yeah. sort of plunges the knife into her head and he cuts her off to dead silence immediately. That was so impactful. I was like, shit. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, in that moment, I'm like, holy fuck, this is, the, this is what we're in for. It got so intense, so fast. And then I was like, yeah, like, like you said, Mark, I'm like this, we're fixing to get a fucking crazy ass movie. So we know that she is now dead. And there is this, uh, we get the title of the film maniac in in bright red letters at this point, because it just kind of shoots over. You see maniac. Now we cut to the next scene where there is a hand caressing the shoulders of a woman. And then we get a shot of a mannequin and a computer screen that displays this dating site. We are hearing the voice of a man as if he's talking out what he's trying to like chat, you know, like type into the chat bar because he basically talks to himself the whole movie. Yeah, he has like an inner monologue, doesn't he? Which yes, pass going, if you will. Exactly. So everything you're hearing, that's that's him kind of talking to himself. Well, he's on the dating website and it looks like he's found a match. She asks for a picture and he sends one over. So this part, like when he's searching to find a picture for her, I was like, they're all maniacal. Don't send any of those (laughs) pictures over. Like there's one where his face and you guys can actually see me, but nobody else will be able to see this. But there's one where his face is like, 
<laughs> and I'm like, don't send that one. Don't do it. It was See, so bizarre. It, it was. And this is why I'm glad that I'm with Lisa and I'm happy and I'm settled. I know me and Mark have spoken yeah. about this before. Because fuck trying to date on the internet or Tinder. Mm. Or, I, I'm way past that bullshit. Send a photo. No. No, just, yeah. just meet me at a bar. Just do it the old-fashioned way where you meet someone it's, in real life. Yeah, and I mean, I met my husband. I think I've talked about this before. I know I've told you, Scott. I met my husband on a dating site. Um, so it was like eight years ago. It, things have changed a bit. Not too much, but they have changed. And you it must just have had some weird, out. creepy dates before that. Um. Yeah. Or was it like a one day first, first <laughs> yeah. to internet day and then you yeah. <laughs> No, I had a few dates. Well, I'll just say this real quick. I had a few dates where I would chat with a person. I didn't want to give them my phone number because I was like, I don't know who this person is. Like, I don't know. This is weird. So we went on a date and it was like very awkward and I didn't feel comfortable. So then, of course, they didn't have my number, so they couldn't call me back. Like, thank God, like, don't ah. fucking call me. But it ended up being like kind of cringy because then they would like blow up my. Um, so like on a dating site, you usually have like a messenger app or something. They would basically blow me up and say, well, why haven't you talked? I don't want to. 10 out of 10. I don't like you. You ugly. I don't know. You, you crazy. <laughs> because let me tell you something real quick before we move on. When people put pictures up on dating sites. Hmm. It's not 100% accurate. Like you guys are seeing me. You've seen my pictures. This is what the fuck I look like. And I get it that some people look a little different in person. Some of these motherfuckers, I don't know where they got these pictures from, but I was like, that ain't you. That ain't (laughs) you, honey. Bye. But anyways, uh, after he's kind of found the match and he's chatting with this girl, we cut to a restaurant scene where Lucy, that's her name. She's meeting Frank. Uh, Again, to remind everybody, if you haven't understood yet, this movie is basically being shot from what we now know as Frank's point of view. You're only seeing Lucy at this point. So she sits down. She's a cute girl. Like, I would say she's a cute girl. I feel like they tried to make her look a little too edgy. Um, but I guess I get that. Like, whatever. She has tattoos and piercings. and But she's a cute girl. So she sits down and makes the comment that Frank isn't what she imagined. And they have this little conversation where it's like, I think she thought she was going to get some, I don't know, like some weirdo, someone, right? Someone, someone taller. <laughs> someone <laughs> taller. <laughs> he's so little bitty. He's so uh, tiny. I, I'm just saying he's small. She makes a really good comment here. So she turns around and says, yeah. I was expecting you to be fat and greasy and not very nice, which is yes. actually a description of the killer from the first maniac movie yes, which i, so I love that little touch he's uh, so, so busy. i haven't seen it so i didn't notice but, that yeah so you kind of miss like that easter egg so to say uh, so to speak but um they're having they're sitting down they're having some wine and i do love the pov shot i love that the focus is only on lucy at this point well they make more small talk and it Frank begins to have sort of like an anxiety panic attack. Like you can see that he's freaking out. Everything kind of blurs out. You don't really know what's going on. Well, I think at one point they think it's like a migraine, but I think that's later on. But at this point, it's just like he's freaking out. Well, as he's having this freak out, Lucy's head begins to bleed and it's really weird. So you're I guess maybe he's kind of already looking into like what he knows he's going to do to her. Yeah. I couldn't really interpret it any other way. 
I was just like, okay, so he's looking at her like, I'm going to kill this bitch. <laughs> yeah, this well, is what's going to happen. I was going to ask you, so when he had his little freak out and he, he yeah. runs off to the bathroom, uh-huh. if you were on a first date and someone done that, would that <laughs> pretty much be the end of the date? Because in my head, I think that's where a girl would go, you're fucking nuts. Goodbye. Thanks. See ya. Yeah, I would, I would be gone before he got back out of the bathroom. I think I'm on a dine and dash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a little bit too weird for me. Like, if that would have been disclosed at the beginning of the um, of us talking and he said, well, you know, sometimes I have these anxiety attacks or maybe I have migraine issues. Maybe I could go into it being more open minded, but he just straight up fucking left. Like, he's gone, which takes me to my next part. He runs off to the restroom and he you see that he's taking some pills and we do get a shot of him looking into the mirror. So this is probably our first like actual shot of him where you yeah. actually see him. So now we cut to Frank driving Lucy home and Lucy is she Lucy like loose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she's, she wants her some Frank and you can definitely tell that she invites him to come up to her place for a drink. And they're now at Lucy's place and she offers him a glass of wine. He declines because he's like, I have to drive myself back home. Lucy puts on, and I love this part. Lucy puts on Goodbye Horses, the song, yeah. which is, of course, in Silence of the Lambs. I fucking loved it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what a weird but lovely song choice. It was so strange to me. I yeah, don't know I mean, why music, I thought it was weird. The music and the soundtrack to this whole film is incredible. Overall, I found I thought mm-hmm. it was one of the really, really strong elements of it. And it's done by a guy called Rob, who does, I mean, his, his stage yeah. name or whatever you call it is Rob. Yeah, I saw that. A lot of, yeah, he's a French producer and stuff because this is actually produced by Alexandre Ajar. There's quite a lot of horror films. He's like the Hills of Ice yeah. remake and stuff like that. So I think he must have brought him in on this. And I think he's done a fantastic job. It really does absolutely the, the quality of the whole film, I think. Okay, so we all decided that we love the soundtrack, right? Soundtrack's great. The song is great. So at this point, because they're in the apartment, Lucy is getting a little loosey-goosey. She tells him that she'll be right back and comes back wearing just her underwear. She's like, I got to slip into something more comfortable. (laughs) Yeah, we know. We know. She's trying to bang Frank. Like, I still don't get it. Like, again, I'm not really sure what's going on because, like, I'm not banging Frank. He looks like an actual murderer already. I feel like she's already heavily invested now, though, isn't she? She's like, "Mm, I'll take my chances. It's better than nothing. I mean, wine makes you do crazy shit and that's what they were drinking and so but i was like but but would i ever do that in that situation no i'm gonna leave i'm gonna act dead like i'm gonna play dead like and i think Mm -hmm. me and mark will attest to this first night comes on that strong yeah she ain't getting called tomorrow no i'm I'm not gonna i'm not marrying this lady (laughs) no (laughs) yeah i mean look not to get into that now we've all had our younger year younger years mistakes okay it's happened like we've all been i've been there but i'm not going to go into a situation where like if i were meeting someone i'm already going back to their place like after i literally just met you now that's not going to happen for me i i have to be like we gotta talk we gotta get to know each other because I think everybody pretty much is a serial killer. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, you know. And, and in this movie, Frank must have thought he'd won the <laughs> fucking lottery. Yeah, she was cute, but I I think that there were. 
she's not the cutest. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later of who I really think is like an actual beauty queen. So she's in her underwear and she's asking to take off his coat and Frank kind of like proceeds to take off her bra and we get this like little bitty titty shot. So we do get some boobies. So you're in the fashion of my show. You're going to see some boobs (laughs) like, Hey, you know, it is what it is. And she walks back up to Frank and is kind of like, basically throwing herself on him. And I felt like a little desperation on her part. She's basically like, touch my body. Yeah. There, there is no like, let Frank do it. No, it was like, touch my body. And there's groping. He starts to touch her boobs. And this is where I think me and Scott, we discussed this prior to the recording. His fucking dirty ass fingernails. Yeah. You're not touching my boobs. You're not yeah. touching me. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot. I, I'm putting that down to all the time he spent like work in the fields in the Shire. That's why he's got such dirty hands. He coming for your neck. He coming. <laughs> See, I can't really get down with the like Lord of the Rings jokes as much because I only saw the first one. Um, I'll probably do a joke later, but not right now. But um, like, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, I am a very clean person, and so when I saw his fingernails in his hands like he has cuts too if you notice all over the top of his hands and we find out later why he has that many cuts on his hands but it's just so it's kind of cringy well frank is groping her and you can hear him moaning and as he is doing this lucy is asking him very bluntly are you going to fuck me like that's she's not wasting any time and then when he when she says that he's just sort of thrown down onto her bed like, I guess she threw him down. I don't know. It was like, he's on his back. So he's ready. And you get a shot of Frank looking up at Lucy's mirror that's above her bed. So she's, again, she's very kinky. We already know. Like, this is not her first fucking blind date, so to speak. Well, L- Lucy begins to perform fellatio on Frank. I kept it PG. Y'all like that? Y'all like that? Oh, I know big words. <laughs> because if you guys don't know what that means, I don't want to tell you. You need to look the shit up. Go Google it. You'll find out. And so while she's doing this, okay, oral sex, let's just, that's what she's doing. Frank, his face, the look on his face is terrifying. Like, because I'm thinking, um, I think a man would enjoy that, but he he sort of looks like he's like terrified. Like, yeah. what are you doing to me? It definitely would. So... It, it, it wouldn't be the look on my face. My my look on the, my face and Frank's would not be the same. Yeah, it's I mean, we so have to assume. Cringy. We have to assume at this point that this is obviously Frank's. I, I the well, what I took away from was this was like Frank's first sort of sexual encounter. Maybe if you will. I mean, I don't think he's, maybe very well versed with the ladies hence why he does what he does I don't, yeah i'm I gonna agree with you mark first sexual encounter if you will which yeah. is why yeah. i think he was so confused and shocked by it and I how mean, fucking wrong does he get it <clears throat> extremely <laughs> <laughs> he gets it really wrong in a second because as he's making this face he's kind of looking up at the mirror frank then because you don't see lucy at first because she's down below so frank then grabs her by her throat choking her Like he just starts to, and this scene was so intense because for me, like when you see choking scenes in movies, it's not typically like, I don't know. It's not that intense. It's like they choke them in two seconds and they're dead all of a sudden, which honestly, it takes a lot longer to choke someone. That's like one of the hardest ways to kill somebody is to actually physically choke them with your hands. 
But the way he does it, kill scene, because she's dead. Like, he fucking chokes her to death. And we cut to a shot of Lucy's dead body, and Frank is talking to himself, saying, look what you made me do. Um, And out comes the scalpel, and off comes Lucy's scalp. Again, the sound of him taking her scalp off, I was like, this is intense. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, you could hear it in the way the shot of the scalp. To me, it just looks so realistic. I, again, never taken anybody's fucking scalp off. It makes too much mess. I don't, I'm not going to kill somebody that way. Like, I'm, no. Yeah, I think this comes a lot down to the way mm-hmm. they chose to film this with a point of view aspect of it. I mean, it feels very, yeah. especially when you're watching this on a big 4K telly. It, it, it's it's a I did. very realistic approach. You feel like yeah. you're in Frank's shoes when you're watching it. And it's very uncomfortable. And especially this joking scene. I felt it went <clears> on <throat> for a little bit longer than it was necessary. It, um, it did, but I think that shows the realism of, like, if you were choking someone, you can't choke them for a second and they're dead. Like, no. it was it was the way that he choked her and it was everything leading up to that. Well, obviously she's dead. Frank, then he's in the bathroom. He throws up and that was pretty disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, is that more gross than the scalping? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But I didn't understand this. I don't understand why he did this. Does anybody have an insight onto why he then decided to, because this isn't his first kill. We've seen this isn't his first yeah. kill, the first time he's done it. I don't understand why in this situation he decided to go and why he felt like, sick after this. Do, like do, do you think that was due to the <laughs> sexual encounter as well? Or maybe? I, I think, just my opinion on it, I've only seen this movie twice, and it is, it, it's one of those movies that you go into and you can have pretty much any opinion on it. So I think that he got overwhelmed with the anticipation of everything. And it's almost like when you get really excited that sometimes people get really excited, they almost want to throw up, right? You're so excited, like your nerves get to going and something elates you so much so that you, you kind of want, like I get so excited. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to throw up. So there was an excitement in it, but also I don't think there was any regret. I, I don't think that he felt like, oh, this is sickening. Why did I do this? I think it was the excitement. Yes, he was getting a BJ and then he chokes her, scalps her. That's a lot for anybody to take in on a Friday night. Yeah, and he's incredibly brave as well because any man who's ever received any form of oral sex, you do not mess with the person who's doing that because (laughs) that could go horrifically wrong very, very quickly. Especially if you're choked, I would imagine the first reaction is to to bite down, surely. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, especially if they've got a full set of teeth. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a brave, a brave decision to make. <laughs> There's a, there, there are no gummy women in this movie, okay? <laughs> she had all her teeth. Yeah, I don't get that either. I feel like if someone was trying to choke me during a sexual encounter and I'm not for that, and I was, I was Lucy and I'm doing that. I'm going to bite your dick off. Like bye, penis. It's gone. I'm going to bite. So that way I feel like I can escape because I've hurt you because apparently like your private parts are very sensitive. So yeah. don't do that. Yeah. They're not designed for teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're not getting into that. That's a whole sex. That's a whole sex education podcast that should sometime that might work. That might work. But anyway, so obviously Frank is sickened. I feel like he's sickened maybe by what he did, but not really. Then we cut to Frank saying, I have a surprise for you while pushing 
in a, he's pushing in a mannequin and then removing uh, Lucy's scalp from a plastic bag. So at this point, he has this mannequin like wrapped up, I think, in some type of plastic wrap or something. And he takes the scalp out of a plastic bag, puts it on to the head of this mannequin. Uh, and not only does he do that, he fucking staples it on. He's like, oh, this is going to hurt a bit. Well, no fucking shit. It's going to hurt. Like, but it's a mannequin. So he talks to these mannequins like they are real, which yeah. is a part of the psychosis. If you get, you know, start to watch it, he's going down. Like she went down and you see what happened to her, but like he's going down. Clearly this is not normal, but he does that. And this whole scene is super cray cray. So then he is introducing the dummy Lucy to his other dummy girlfriend. And it's almost as if he believes these mannequins are real. And, and yeah. like at this point, I'm like, there's, or they kind of chastising him a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like he's hearing them say stuff to him, but we're not really, we're hearing it, but we're not. So he's having this whole like conversation with the dummies. Yeah, and I feel yeah. the way I the way I interpret it is each time he brings a scout back, he's sort of like introducing another girl into the house. Exactly. I, I thought that the girl that was laid in the bed in this scene was the girl that he killed first of all in the apartment block. Mm -hmm. I think so. so. Maybe, That's his maybe that was yeah, I think maybe that was his first kill overall. Like in general, maybe that was his first time he's done something like this. And then Lucy was the second one he brought back to the house. Yes. Because as soon as he attached the scalp to the mannequin, that mannequin then adapted. Lucy's persona, if you will, even though we yes. know as an audience it's a mannequin. Yeah. Yes, and I have to say real quick before we move on, I fucking hate mannequins. Um, I watched Taurus Trap. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Well, if you don't, if you if you, if you if you don't like mannequins, it's definitely not for you. It's fucking <laughs> creepy. Now, look, it's it's very silly. It's not a, it's not a film to be taken serious because it's very silly. It's eighties, right? Yeah, like early 80s. 83, it's, I think. Yeah, so super cheesy, stupid. But anyways, those mannequins, like, fuck that shit. I'm not afraid of much. I don't like mannequins. They freak me out. But anyways, so as this is happening, Frank kind of freaks out and he punches his mirror. Then we cut to a woman that is having her hair brushed by this little boy. And the woman turning, you know, she turns to him with a soft embrace. So this is little Frank. Is what I'm assuming, right? This yeah. is like Frank having a flashback. But this scene kind of made me uncomfortable because as being a mom and having kids, I just felt like there was a little bit, it, it got a little bit too, I don't want to say erotic because that sounds really fucked up, but it was a little strange to have him brushing her hair and the way she looked at him. Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe there was some abuse going on. But it was not really put in the forefront. And I want to say, like, obviously there is abuse in his childhood. But it makes me wonder if the mom wasn't doing other disgusting things. Because this was just too close. It was too close. I didn't like yeah. it. So then we get a shot of Frank's hobbit feet. Because, uh, uh. come on, it's Elijah Wood, right? His feet are nasty. <laughs> Clean your toes. Uh, do you know I, when they, they were casting this, they struggled to get an actor to find it, to, to play that character, uh, but mm -hmm. then they realised Elijah Wood. 
Oh my god, mate, you are on fire with these dad jokes. Oh, he's got more. I know he's got more because I have not heard the best ones yet. <laughs> so, as most of everybody knows, like I talk to these guys, you know, like on Instagram pretty often, and so it's like this is going to be fantastic, Scott. <laughs> Scott is basically the comedian for Wednesday Wine and Horror now. So in case you <laughs> yeah, know. That, that's my new, new guy. We'll, we'll go in with an impression next and we'll do Smeagol gotcha. from The Lord of the Rings because <laughs> he's got dirty hands and dirty feet. So it's <sighs> dirty little hobbits. Is, <sighs> <laughs> and see, I haven't watched the other two, but I don't know if I have 500 days to watch those. <laughs> so, it's worth it, trust I, me. Mm, I'll try. <laughs> Anyways, so he turns to look um, at himself in the mirror, and then we get a shot of him walking towards the front door. You see a woman outside taking pictures of the place. She is taking pictures of the mannequins because Frank owns a store that has all these like old, I guess like older mannequins in it. Um, they begin to talk, and Frank notices that she is French. And I want to talk about this. Um, I don't know any people that are French. Like I don't know any French people. But I did not, one problem that I had with Anna, because we're going to get into that, but I went ahead and told you guys, Anna, um, I didn't find her accent super convincing, but I don't know if it's because maybe she lived in the States for so long that her accent well, she, kind of watered down. She is actually French. Is she really? Oh she God. actually is French, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was like, but is that what it sounds like? I, I guess I've never talked to anybody that had a French accent. So it is totally different. And, and I was just kind of like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. He invites her in to look at his work. And then we are all shown all these different mannequins and their unique styles, which I thought was pretty cool. He has all these vintage, you know, mannequins and stuff. And she seems to be really enthralled by them. She's like, like really into it. And she proceeds to ask Frank if she can use them for an art project that she's doing. And this is where we find out that the store was Frank's mother's. So he, she owned it. it. He's taking over it now. And his mother's name was Angela. So she ends up asking to rent the mannequins. Frank seems kind of hesitant, but she leaves her number and gives him her name, which is Anna. Anna walks out, letting Frank know that she has, that he has lipstick on his face, which I guess he was making out with one of the mannequins prior. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I've got to say that Anna <clears> is <throat> very, very strange. Anna is strange, but she's gorgeous. I I have to say that as like a straight woman, though, like I found her to be of all the women in the film, you know, like he's killed the first two. I just found something like she's so pretty. And so I was like, OK, yeah, she's fucking weird as fuck, Scott. Yeah, like, she is weird. She is weird. Like, who gets, like, turned on by touching mannequins? I don't think. Hey, you do you, boo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying that, Mark. Out of the three women we've seen so far, which Come one on, is, is your cup of tea? Which one's the... <laughs> um, mine's the first. Mine's the first, because those thighs are... The thighs. We know, they stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Anna. I think Anna's a <laughs> very, very pretty lady. Yeah. I mean, they're all equally very pretty, but I think I think Anna is so far the strongest of the three. I want to get yeah. so much backlash for comparing women now on this show. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. That's thing. what we do. No, this monster, this monster competes women against each other. Shame him. <laughs> no, it is what it is. Like Judy is pretty. 
I didn't really check her thighs out. So Mark, uh, so Scott, I'm going to have to go back and check her thighs out, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know. And Lucy just wasn't that cute to me personally. I just feel like because they made her character look so like hip. And it was like, we get it. She has tattoos. Well, I have fucking tattoos. I don't try to look like that. It's fine. So we cut to a room full of mannequin parts and Frank's fucked up girlfriends. He grabs the can of Raid to get rid of the flies because he has actual flesh in that room. And it's like the weirdest thing that he's annoyed that there are flies in his room because you got scalps in there. You got yeah. flesh and blood. And I love the fact that he, he grabbed the can of Raid and sprayed the shit out of the mannequin's face. I was yeah. like, well, she doesn't feel it. Thank God. <laughs> like she doesn't know. But he begins to scrub his hands with the steel Brillo pad while also having an attack. Again, he's having this like kind of weird, uh, whatever you want to call it, psychosis breakdown. And then you notice he's scrubbing his hands with that Brillo pad. So, of course, that's why he has so many cuts. Because if you guys know the steel Brillo pad, they're pretty aggressive. Yeah. But he's scrubbing. He didn't do a good job, though, Scott, because his fingernails still dirty as fuck. Yeah, they are. He definitely skipped cleaning <laughs> like, the nails. He didn't do that. So Frank takes his pills and he's having like a small flashback of Anna in his store. We see him sitting in a chair and he gets up to brush his hair and he puts this huge hunting knife on, on him. So at this point, we know like he's getting ready and it's like he's back out on the hunt. Like he's leaving, going back to find him somebody else. And we cut to a city scene where Frank is clearly on the hunt for his next victim. You get the POV of him watching all these women walk down the street as if he's at an auction trying to find his next piece, because that's what it looked like to me, because you're getting the shot of all these beautiful women that are walking down the streets of uh, L.A. because I thought it was New York. <laughs> Thank God for Mark and his brain, because I'm like, this is New York. And I didn't think to look it up because. I have asked everything. Thank IMDb. I don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think IMDb. So we then cut to an outside shot of a woman doing some aerial acrobatics. Um, I think Frank has found his lady at this point because you know when he focuses on whoever, that's the next victim. And so as she's doing this, she kind of finishes up. There are some women uh, talking and the woman that was performing the aerial shots is now half naked while brushing her hair. Again, we get some boobies. They're like real quick. I was really kind of shocked of the amount of nudity because I don't really recall so much nudity being in the 1980 version, but I could be wrong. Like it's been a while since I've seen it. There were some, but the boobs in the 1980s were very much 1980s boob shots. They're sad. They're a, like this. They're yeah. like this. Wait, they're like this. They're sad. They are sad. It's like, it's like, okay, sorry, I have to say it. What I call sad boobies would be orangutan titties, right? Because have you ever seen an orangutan and their titties are like, I'm going to stand up for you guys. They're like down here. I just really want to, I really want to, Scott, to see my shirt again. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) So as this is happening, you get a, uh, you're seeing this from Frank, uh, from Frank's point of view. Excuse me, I can't talk already. She hears a noise and walks towards the closet. Big mistake. Don't do that. Only to be startled by one of the other girls. We hear her name is Jessica. And it's kind of like, hey, wait for me. Don't leave without me. Because she's hearing a noise coming from the closet. And it's like, don't walk up to it. Get the fuck out of there. That's me. It's like, if I hear something in my closet, my ass is gone. 
Like, I'm not going to go investigate it. This isn't Halloween, right? Like, we're not hiding in closets, but Frank is. So the girls want Jessica to come out and have drinks, but she is ready to go home. And they are all in a subway station, and Jessica kind of approaches the train to get on because the rest of the girls have left. Well, while she's on the train, you can see that someone is watching her. She notices this, and she quickly gets off. So Jessica is now being chased because it jumps really fast. It's like she knows that Frank is watching her and you're only seeing Jessica. You so you're only seeing it from his point of view. Of course, she's like she's she's yelling, like, leave me the fuck alone. Get away from me. Help me. But one thing that bothered me is that they're in a big city and they're in this fucking train station. There is no one in this entire fucking station. Like, is there no one there? Like, you don't hear this woman screaming as she's running through the station. I, I'm like, how do you not, how do you not hear that? Like, this bitch is running, screaming. She has heels on. They make a lot of noise, if you guys didn't know that. Super yeah. fucking stupid. The, the thing is, though, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I kind of like scenes like this because there's, mm -hmm. there will be someone off camera who would have heard. And that's what makes mm -hmm. it worse is that no one come to help. Yeah. Nobody did. She's running through the subway station. She ends up getting out and she's outside. And so we see that, you know, she's running outside. She's kind of running along like a gate or a fence or something. And she seems to be stuck at the gate. But I'm like, bitch, jump over it. Take those fucking heels off. I don't care. I've jumped a fence. I've jumped a barbed wire fence. I don't give a fuck. Oh, that's a different story. But anyways, <laughs> that was like I had to get the fuck out of the situation and I was much younger. But it's almost like why it's almost like she entrapped herself. She's just yeah, running yeah. along. Yeah, well, the, she ran into the car park, didn't she? Which point mm -hmm. Frank, Frank followed her in and then he closed the gate and put the bar yes. and stop her being able to get out. So he sort of like trapped yes. her in this car park lot thing and then hid under a car. He does, because Frank pulls out his knife and hides underneath the car, as Mark just mentioned. Jessica is walking beside the car because at this point, she just is trying to get out of here. And fuck my life, when she, when he cuts the back of her fucking ankle, I'm dead. Like, I was like, that has to be the most painful. I can't even imagine. I've always heard, because it reminded me of um, Pet Cemetery, right? Yeah, I was just about to say the first time yeah. I've ever seen that done was in Pet <laughs> Cemetery. And it never gets any easier every time I see it in any of the film. But he went through the tendons. He went through like her fucking foot he almost took came her off. Foot off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was insane. So of course she falls over and she's trying to crawl away, but Frank viciously stabs her, and this is a brutal as fuck kill scene. This was the most brutal that I think he did. Because I know he scalps his other victims. I get that's pretty fucking out there. But he stabs her like a million times. And it's like a few stabbings, you're dead. You don't have to keep stabbing somebody. Well, he then scalps her because that's his signature move, which we don't see it. This is, I think this is the only one that you don't see it on camera, on screen, yeah. but you hear it. Yeah. I mean, and I was like... Yeah, I, I really, really like this, and I wanted to touch on it real quickly because this is a mm -hmm. point where we lose the point of view. Yes. And it does this on a couple of other instances as well, and the only way I interpreted it myself was that he was having an out-of-body experience in watching mm -hmm. it himself because I think they're still trying to stay true to the point of view aspect of it, but what I interpreted it as was he was 
yes. watching himself commit these acts at this point, like he was having an out-of-body yes. experience. How did you guys yeah. find it? Yeah, same as you. I'm going to agree yeah. with you, Mark. Yeah, because I think at this point, he's been elated enough to where you're not, like you said, you're not really getting that point of view shot where it's like, you're just seeing the woman. He's enjoying the kill more now. I, I That's what I feel like. I feel like he's like really into it. This is who he is. So we now cut to Anna, who takes photos of Frank working on these mannequins. So they're back at the shop. He asked her to give him a hand. And this was kind of funny because she was like, oh, what do you need me to help you with? And no, he literally meant he needed a mannequin hand. Yeah. Like, because because I from what I take, he's actually building these mannequins from scratch. So I guess they come in parts, right? And they basically, he's just recreating a whole entire mannequin, but using other parts, like using fresh parts for it. So it's not like when you go into a retail store, you see a mannequin, you're like, okay, they're put together. Frank is taking this love of mannequins way too far. Well, he's, a, he's an antique collector, so he collects antique mannequin parts and restores them. I want so. them. Yeah, so like he'll collect them from certain decades and eras and restore them back to their original quality. Which is cool in essence, but like it's not cool how he does the hairpiece. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no, it's, a little bit too far. <laughs> that's too far. So they then have this conversation about what Anna can do with them in her show and all, because she wants to use these mannequins for her art show. Anna is showing Frank the photos that she took, and he finds her to be very talented, and she is. I do have to bitch a little though like again we go back to the french accent i know mark you just said she is actually french but i feel like some some of the things that she said i was like okay i hear it but then it feels like it got too american for me she was almost like she was french but trying to have an american accent as if i were trying to have a british accent which we all know I'm really good. At. Yeah, you're really so good at that. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot do French. So we're not going to even get into that. Um, you know, so anyway, she's she's French. Anna asked Frank to go to lunch with her and off they go. Again, now I know we moved away from the POV, but the POV is mainly focused on Anna at this point. Because we go back, I think we kind of go back and forth to that. And Frank is telling her a little about his mom and what choices he had for the store, because we hear that his mom died. We we're that's what has happened. And so he has to take over the store. Frank, as they're having lunch, Frank then has another attack and just leaves Anna to, like he just up and leaves again, yeah. telling her that it's a migraine. Tylenol can't fix that, y'all. Like that, <laughs> they's not. See, I I was a little confused as to what was actually happening to him. Was he just having these like psychotic breaks? Is that I what it was? was? Like, I thought it was like anxiety attacks. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, something. It, it, yeah. He's clearly a very unbalanced person, and he's struggling psychologically with his emotions yes. and. And, and what he was doing and his childhood trauma and all the rest of it. And I mean, I, I yeah. do think that the cinematography does a really good job of displaying this because every time he has yes. one of these episodes, the whole screen, obviously because it is a point of view thing, is very faded and wobbled and, and out of yes. focus. It gets blurry thing. and everything. So you kind of yeah. are seeing it from, if, if you could actually film a panic attack or an anxiety attack, this is what it would feel, this is what it would actually visually look like for the person experiencing it, because yeah. uh, I have had a panic attack. I've had an anxiety attack. So the way that that happens is that 
when you're experiencing that, you almost kind of go into your own little globe. You're you're kind of only seeing things through like a perspective like that. You, you don't really see the outside world. You just kind of see like you're mainstreaming in on the one thing and that's it. Well, Frank is now going down the street while having this attack, walking into a pharmacy and he's getting like some medication. It looks like he got a nose spray to help with this sad migraine. Now we cut to another driving scene and then back to Frank's place. The TV is on and the police are discussing some recent murders that have happened. Frank is commentating to himself saying they can talk all they want. They will never understand as long as you keep a secret. But if you can't, it will find you and you will be alone. So I don't want to jump ahead too far because there is a scene later on, well, actually towards at the end, where I'm wondering if he's actually seeing this on the news. Like, is this actually happening? Did they already know that these girls are missing? Or is this just an illusion in his mind? I think so. And this is what brings me back to the first kill actually being his first kill. I think this is, I think this story is a complete story of his spring. Um, okay. So he's killed these women because he doesn't dispose of the bodies in any way. He literally kills and no. scalps them and leaves them where they are. And obviously these are going yeah. to be found. I mean, this yes. whole thing seems like it's filmed over the course of what, maybe two, three, four weeks. Yeah. So obviously yeah, as maybe. the kills are happening, they're slowly making the way into the news. You see sort of like people in the park reading newspapers, which says murder spree suggested, mm-hmm. etc. So I think I think these are actual events that are happening, and he's slowly the police are slowly sort of okay. to not necessarily creep in on him but they're becoming Uh very aware to the situation. Okay. And I'll get back to that. Like when we get towards the end, because there was a question that Anna happens to like make a comment at the end of it, where I, it made me believe that maybe he wasn't, maybe this was just an illusion. Like in his mind, he thinks I'm a, I'm going to get caught, but there anyway, we'll get to that. Okay. So now you start to hear a woman's voice yell out, Frankie, honey, where are you? We then see a woman who is with two men. They are kissing, and it's very much implied a menage a trois is about to proceed because um, mommy is about to get a freak on. We see the woman doing coke off of a platter, and then you kind of see her look up as she can see that someone's watching her. And it's not okay. It's fucking little Frank. Like, this bitch is so nasty. Like, I like do what you want to do, okay? You can have your freaky shit. I don't care. But, like, your literal little son is watching you with your titties out. Like, her boobies are big. And they're out. And yeah. it's, like, disgusting in that sense because, like, I'm fine with whatever. You like what you like. But don't do that shit in front of your kids. And then she's fucking doing cocaine. Like, Yeah, the, the, this scene was really, really fucked up. it's very fucked up all of us are parents and all of us at one point or another have either had or will have a moment where you are midway through something and you get the door swing open and mommy daddy fuck go away (laughs) mommy daddy it's but when when that happens you stop you don't just stare at your child and continue what the fuck well okay first of all first of all I'm not going to have two men. I'm married. First of all, that's not fucking happening. And it wouldn't have happened if I were single. Secondly, I don't do drugs. Um, I'm not talking shit about people that do them. You're on your own journey, honey. Do what you do. 
But the fact that she's fucking has two sleazy men in there. And we, and I think that we're assuming it's probably like 80s, uh, uh, maybe that time, like early yeah, 80s or something. I, th- I think it's early 80s. I tried to figure out when this was set and I couldn't. I Googled and all sorts to try and figure out what I feel like it's time. 80s. Yeah, I couldn't figure out the time. But then again, with the internet dating thing as well, like I couldn't work out because, I mean, that's surely yeah. 90s. 90s, maybe. No. I feel like it was like late eighties. I feel like cocaine is a hell of a drug, obviously. Like yeah, but internet dating wasn't about in the eighties, or was it? Surely that's like no, no, no. I think yeah, internet internet dating came upon. I would probably shit. I don't even know two thousands. Maybe that's what I mean. That's why I was so confused by the actual timeline of when this took place. I mean, obviously the flashback scene is of his his mum. That could have been eighties, but I didn't know when the actual present day. Frank yeah set. yeah yeah exactly i get what you're saying and also we don't know how old frank is in in the film like present no. day like we have no idea how old he is we're gonna assume he's 28 to 30 yeah yeah 30 but anyways as, as you know she's doing this and she kind of looks and sees that it's little frank and she's kind of urging them to hush it's almost like she's like shh like mommy's yeah, doing her thing fuck, <laughs> no, i just look she's a terrible piece of shit person i i cannot deal with this and of course he's having this flashback and then we cut to frank now looking down at himself and seeing that his bottom half has become a mannequin this was a fucking crazy scene yeah like yeah. his genitals are like ken doll yeah like, he- <laughs> there's no actual penis it's like a hump yeah, this is what it was this scene in particular which made me come back to the earlier scene, which when I was saying yes. oh, yeah, he had any sexual experience prior to this because it looked down as if to say, like, he didn't have anything or he didn't know what to do with it, kind of thing. But okay, so sexually, let me say this so, do you think that because he saw his mother doing these sexual acts and she wasn't just having sex? like a normal person would have sex. This is like, she's having threesomes and like she's doing drugs. So I feel like he thought maybe sex, that's what sex was supposed to be. That's what like love was like. So it screwed his mind up already because again, he has multiple women that he's after, but he's not satisfied with just the one. That's why he keeps killing. That's why he keeps finding new victims because it has to be like, well, look what mommy did. Yeah, his mummy definitely gave him blowjob issues. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. So we cut to Frank on the phone speaking with Anna, apologizing to her about his like migraine attack. And you hear him, you hear her thanking him for a necklace. So he gets her this necklace, which I feel like, was that what Lucy was wearing at the beginning? Was it the heart? Yeah. I can't remember. I yeah, I it, it was the, so the, the first girl he killed was wearing a heart pendant. And yes. that was the pendant that he gifted to Anna. Okay. That, okay, so what Lucy, it was Judy. It was the first Judy, one with the thighs. So, yeah, it was Judy, yes. Thighs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thighs yeah. <laughs> Just say thighs. Thighs. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> so this whole shot is from Frank's point of view, of course, as he is watching her from his car. So while he's talking to her, he's like in his car watching her while while they're on the phone. And he asks her to go out and they set up a date for the next night after her gallery. Now, cutting to the two of them in this theater, watching this old black and white film named The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, I think is how you say it. Funny yeah. enough, that's actually the next film I'll be podcasting on. It was in 1920. This is, y'all see my face. 
I ain't got nothing. I ain't, we're going to continue. I ain't got nothing to say. So Frank is hearing voices and having flashbacks of choking Lucy and a small little jump scare happens as a mannequin appears to be sitting beside him. But it's, it's actually just Anna. So I really like that shot because it's like he looks over and it's a fucking mannequin, but it's not. It's just Anna. Like, yeah, it's all like foreshadowing her future, really, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and this this jump scene got me as well because I didn't see it coming. I wa- so I watched this yeah. with my headphones on on my PC, like like we're recording now. Yeah, and yeah. I was really engrossed in this. And when it spun, I'm, I'm sat like I'm now in the dark, and it spun. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I done a proper it, like dropped my vape pen. I was like, shit, I didn't see that coming. It is kind of creepy because you're just like, what the, the mannequin scared me more than the actual like jump scare uh, aspect of it. So the movie is now over, and Anna and Frank are discussing the film that they just watched. And Anna gets a phone call, and it's her boyfriend. She asks Frank to join, and there's some sense that this is not that he's not okay with this. As soon as he heard that she had a boyfriend, it's almost like even though you only see the point of view from him and you're just seeing Anna, you know, he's not okay. I think he just assumed she's single. Like she's not like, cause he's already in love with her at this point. If you couldn't tell that from the beginning. To be fair to Frank though, at this point, like she has been quite flirtatious with him. She does numerous times. So Mm -hmm. he's quite seductive towards him. And then, she also like gives him like the cheeky little smile when they're down by the river having the picnic, and then he says, "Oh, I don't actually have a girlfriend." She sort of like cheekily smiles at him as if to say, "Yes." Oh. So and she's then, leading then, him so on. I yeah. was quite surprised by this boyfriend myself at this point. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I, you I, know, I, you know what? She wanted his French baguette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing is, though, I've got to say that. You say that you can sort of see how he's feeling. That's just a testament to how good the first person shooting yes. this movie is. So little subtle exactly. things that if you were filming the person, they would all be done with facial expressions. Yes. To do those looking out from that person is almost impossible. And this film nails that so many I times. I 100% agree because I felt the emotion that Frank would be feeling as almost like a letdown. He's like, fuck, you know, he didn't say it, but you know it from the way that it's shot, even though you don't see his face. Yeah. So kudos. One thing I thought for watching this whole thing is Uh how much time do you think Elijah Wood actually spent on set? Because Mm. this is all from his perspective. And barring the odd little reflection of him in a mirror or something, you don't really see a lot of him. This was something I actually looked up because I was curious. Um, So he was he was there for the full shoot. Um, yeah. all of his voices where you hear the voices in his head mm-hmm. and when you hear him speaking all of that was dubbed in afterwards um he recorded it live but he dubbed it in afterwards because mm-hmm. he thought that would be a better ad to do it so when he filmed like that. and he spoke it was spoke with emotion and he liked the idea of taking it back and making it very so everything he does and all the voices you hear it's very very monotone and that was yes, actually his yes. decision. He wanted to do that because he thought it made it more sinister. And I agree. He's done more so, man. so well shot. <laughs> I noticed that monotone aspect of it towards the yes. closing act, which we'll touch upon later on. But the, yeah, yes. that, now you mention it, that is incredible. Yes, exactly. So, of course, he's upset by this. Anna leaves in a cab because she's going to meet her boyfriend. Frank is left alone and he's walking down the streets. He sees we get another fucked up like flashback, I guess he sees this woman being 
fucked because that's the only way I can describe it because that is exactly what's happening while she is scolding him saying, go wait in the car, go wait in the car. Again, it's little Frank having these traumatic flashbacks of his whore mother. Like this woman, like I am not, what is the word that you would use for someone who likes to have sex outside? Like, I don't know what the term is for it. Voyeurism? I'm not too sure either. But, but this is what I was going to ask you guys. At this point, I okay. was assuming she was a sex worker and not somebody who was just trying to get her thrills. Oh. I'm assuming she was getting paid for, for the. That's a, good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because maybe which I she think wasn't. It is, touched upon, it is touched upon later on in one of the okay. scenes, which I'll bring, it, I'll bring it full circle when we get to that okay. point. But at this point, this yeah. is where I was like, oh, well, it looks like she's just a service worker. That's... She's she's literally doing this as service. And she's like, wait in the car, I'll be there in a minute sort of thing. She's there to. Hey, do her job hey guess what? Paid. She's no Eileen Warnos. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there because that episode is so fucking fire. So this is my little shout out. You guys go listen to You Run Podcast, True Crime. Listen to all of them, but listen to True Crime because it's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're going to do all of our advertising <laughs> moving forward because that's all you need to know. Go and do it. You know what? You ain't got shit else to do, okay, bitch? Go fucking listen to it. It's like a little over an hour long. Get your shit educated, okay? So we cut to Frank looking into the mirror as if he's trying to figure out who or what he is. Now we're at Anna's art gallery. Uh, it's It's her show, and all of the mannequins are on full display, and you see Anna cuddled up to her, I guess, presumed boyfriend. I I was kind of surprised that they picked the fellow that they did to be her boyfriend because yeah, yeah I already I knew he was, old. A, he was a douchebag immediately. I didn't even have to hear him talk yet. I was like, he's a fucking asshole. Like, yeah, he's an yeah, asshole. I thought he was terribly miscasted. I didn't get this part. And so as she's kind of cuddled up to him, she sees Frank and she kind of walks off and goes to meet him. He compliments on how beautiful she looks and she does. This is one of the, Pivotal moments for me where I was like, this girl is hot. Like, she's very pretty. And I have always been, uh, always heard, like, the French are not, (laughs) they're not real pretty. (laughs) But like, okay, girl, go on with yourself because you look real good. He tells her that he loves all of her work. And there's like the sincere look of appreciation that comes up on Anna's face, which let's take it back to what Mark said. I feel like she was still leading him on somewhat because there is this sincerity in her face as she's speaking to Frank. It's not like, oh, thanks. No, it's like, I love you. Thank yeah. you. So yeah. I Fra- Frank's got Frank's got lots of lots of issues, I think is the most polite yeah. way to put it. But oh, yeah, for sure. Anna's really not helping. She's really <clears throat> she's really she's- She's leading him on. Yeah, she is. And uh, do you put that down to the fact that she's got an older guy who she's obviously with just to finance her her art show? I don't know. Another bit. He didn't care. No. He didn't give a fuck because I think, well, she says it later, but or maybe she says it soon, but I think he's like in the music industry. So he's like maybe a producer or something. Well, at this point, Frank, I guess he sees him. He excuses himself and he heads into the bathroom only to meet her dickheaded boyfriend. And he's using the bathroom. He kind of washes his hands and he assumes that Frank is gay because he makes a comment like Anna loves hanging out with her gay friends or something. And I'm like, 
Why I don't think he him? necessarily thought he was gay. I think he was just trying to belittle him in that situation and make him feel stupid. Maybe, but I probably because he was a fucking asshole because yeah. he takes his hand and he like uses freight to wipe his hands off. Yeah, he's yeah. just a dick and he's in general. That's so he's just yeah. a complete yeah. asshole. And for a he serial killer, him. yeah, and for a serial killer, Frank handled this really well. I mean, Frank's a little yes. measly dude. He can kill a yeah. lot of women, but pit him against an actual bloke who's gonna kick fuck out of him. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Frank's yeah. gonna stand a chance, is he? <laughs> he's only little but bless him. <laughs> he kill he kills women that are like way <laughs> bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. this woman's five eight. <laughs> that is that is very true. But so, so what you can't really fight against a sharp knife. Like you're fucking DED dead. So at this point, um, he does sort of bash him. It's it's it, it's not okay. Frank then looks into the mirror as if as if he's ashamed because I felt like he looked at himself like this is me. Look who I am. I'm really nothing. And that's the perspective that I got from it because after her boyfriend is so fucking rude, it's like he looks at himself like hmm. And I I think that goes along with the issues that he has. Like he doesn't feel superior. He doesn't feel like he's enough, um, which is maybe why he kills like he's trying to prove something there's always a motive yeah. do we know his motive not exactly but no anyway we cut to this woman speaking to frank about the artwork and she is insulting him to say the least um she is kind of rude about what she says to him, mainly insulting him because of the work he does and the fact that Anna is the same as him so she's kind of like i don't get why you and anna like this weird shit basically it's like, why are y'all, why are y'all into this? So this woman is heading off as we see Anna tell her goodbye. So Anna is obviously very close to, to this woman. I think it's her art dealer. If I had to guess, I feel like that is like, I didn't want to say manager, but I feel like she's the one that's in charge of Anna's shows. And so I, I, I put it down to being an agent, an agent is like yeah. an yes. actor's agent kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was as well. And she's kind of the, I think she's the agent who manages a lot of people. And I think she yeah. looks at what Anna does as goes, oh, this is bullshit. I hate it, but yeah. it makes me money. Therefore, I'm here. Yeah. But everybody likes weird shit. It's like the art deco of, of, of shit. So it's like you like what you like, and it's all about perspective. So the woman is heading down the street after Anna tells her goodbye, declining being called a cab because Anna does ask her, like, I'll call you, you know, I can call you a cab. Do you want me to? No, she doesn't. You are seeing, again, the point of view of Frank following her. The woman is now at her home, and Frank sees the opportunity to steal the keys and get into her place. So I think what happened there was that he takes the keys because the doorman goes outside for something. He's able to just take the keys. Like, it's a fucking shit ton of keys. Like, how do you know? It's like janitor keys. How do you know which one works, right? Well, her apartment is fucking incredible. I was like, bitch, I need to get into art dealing. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Her apartment is ridiculous. And Frank is inside, though, because he just unlocks the door. He goes in and you see her walking into her bathroom. She has a robe on. She disrobes and she gets into the bath. She's laying in the bathtub with a glass of wine and a towel over her eyes. Um, don't do that. If I'm taking a <laughs> bath, I'm not I'm not covering my eyeballs. I don't know who's going to come in there. I mean, I do. I have a fucking lock on every door, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like this bitch is not 
she's not expecting Frank to be in her fucking apartment. So Frank is in there with her and you know this by the shot. She goes to reach for her wine glass and Frank kind of slides it over to her. So see, that like is this. what I got like me. This. Yeah. yeah you cool. like that. Oh, I love this. But I'm like, cool. I have such a sense of things where I would be like, wait a minute. How can I touch my wine glass now? What the fuck? She still doesn't take the towel off of her eyes, right? He slides it closer to her and she reaches, uh, he reaches, excuse me, her, his hand into the bathwater. She takes the towel off to see him in there. So it's like really fast. He puts his hand in the water and then it's like all of a sudden now, you know, somebody's in your fucking bathroom. You didn't know when the wine glass got pushed closer to you. Why? <laughs> I'm going to know, but I'm. She could hear like the dripping of the water, couldn't she? As he well, out, I, I think I, I guess so. So we know that he's in there. He pushes her head underwater, trying to drown her. We then cut to him talk, uh, talking to her tied up. He's got her body completely tied up. She's on her stomach. And he's like, changing your makeup and hair won't fool me. You didn't think I'd recognize you? Why? Do you think I'm stupid? Um, he thinks it's his mom. Yeah. yeah, me me and Mark talked about this. Like, I had to message him because I was like, "Wait a minute, it's presumed that his actual mother died. Like, she's dead. We don't know how she died, but she's dead." Um, but then, for some reason, this scene gets really heavy because I feel like because she was older, he somehow sees his mother in her. I think it was more due to the fact of how she belittled him at the art gallery as well. Exactly. Yeah. I think so that there's something a big factor in it. <laughs> yeah. So he I ends up. No, go I, ahead, Scott. I, I, I liked this. I, I liked the fact that I was... I'm never behind the killer, but she yeah. was a bitch. And she kind of deserved this in horror movie world. Um, well, I mean... She, 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 she really <laughs> did. Um, and then when he, like, associates... But actually, you're just like my mum, who's also an arsehole. I was like, yeah. Uh, do you know what, Frank? Yeah, I'm going to let you have this one. I, <laughs> she didn't give you a blowjob. She's been really horrible to you. Out of all the women you've killed, she probably deserves it the most. So feel your boots, I mean, Frank. she wasn't, she was a biatch to him. She really was rude. But as he's talking to her, he kind of blames her for his actions, like saying, this is why I am the way that I am. Like, it, it's all your fault. And maybe he wouldn't be like that if he wouldn't had grown up in that trauma. And he ends up like they're, they're, she's screaming. I think he takes his knife and he kind of carves an A into her back. If you notice that, it's like he's carving the initial of his mother's name into her back and tells her that she isn't going anywhere and she's going to stay home with him. Again, letting us understand that he feels like this is his mother and his psychosis or something. Like yeah. he's yeah. like, you're not leaving me. You're going to stay home with me because moms are supposed to stay home with their fucking kids and not go out and. Yeah. Put your well, vagina this is, out. This huh. is one of the reasons that made me think that she was maybe a prostitute because he was the way she, yeah, like she was a worker of the night kind of thing. And he was like, You're mm -hmm. not going out tonight, you're not going out tonight. It's just to say, like, I assumed from this point that that cemented yes. my opinion she was a sex worker, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, she probably was given the situations that she was put in and the fact that she had two men, so we can either chalk it up to that or she was just a whore, like, yeah. Mom just got a rocks off however she could. So as this happens, he proceeds to scalp her while laying on her back. Like he's laying on the, her, her back, grabs her head, scalps her, ripping the top of her head off, 
It's fucking brutal. Kill scene. Like, it's so insane to me. This movie was not what I expected. Even seeing the 1981, I feel like this one was probably more brutal. Yeah, so, this is a Mark, fair scalping have to where see she's it. alive as well. Like she's yes. first alive. Like everyone at this point, he'd killed and then scalped, but this woman was still screaming and kicking, and he and he just rips the top of her head off, and you see the sheer shock and terror on her face. And you're like, "Fuck, but, that is that is wild." But I think it was because he thought it was his mother. He was going to make her suffer far more than the other women because he had this. Sense. Yeah, he had this notion that like this is mommy. And yeah, I'm going to make her pay because she did so much bad stuff to me growing up. The other women, like, thank God they they were dead. Yeah, I don't want to be scalped. Y'all like, uh-uh, this hair costs too much money. <laughs> this ain't my real hair, y'all. <laughs> this ain't my real color. But anyways, so we, we cut to Frank. We, we cut back to Frank scrubbing his knife and hands. He then calls Anna to ask how much longer she wants to keep the mannequins. And he hears sobbing. He hears Anna crying. Anna lets him know that Rita has been murdered. So Rita is the name of the woman that he just killed. As he tries to console her, he asks if she needs company and that he can be there in 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I found this a bit. Oh, I don't know. You just invited yourself over. Like she didn't yeah. ask you to come over. Yeah, and, uh, I, this is where I kind of get to the point where I'm going, this is now straight. So the way he behaves with Anna all the way up mm -hmm. until this point is relatively normal. He's still a bit mm -hmm. kooky and weird, but their their interactions are, are relatively normal interactions. It's this point where he takes that one step too far. And I, if I was Anna, I'd be like, you're a fucking creep. Or he's like, I I'll come yeah, over. I'll come over now. It's not just a normal friendship at this point because he knows that he's in love with Anna. He yeah. knows that he's like, I love Anna and I want her. But what, do you, what do you think Anna's thoughts are on him at this point? Okay, I think that Anna is perceiving him as this really good friend. But again, I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that I think she had an attraction to Frank. I think that she had some feelings for Frank. You can't look, you can be friends with men or women, vice versa. That doesn't, that has nothing to do with it. I have male friends. You guys are my friends. I don't look at you like like that. Um, and they're lie, just, Heather. I was going to say, what's wrong with what's wrong with me? We know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Why y'all trying? Oh, you're making me get hot. Oh, stop it. Anyways, look, I love you guys, but like not not in that way, okay. <laughs> You don't have to worry about me showing up at your house. You live so far away from me. It's not going to happen. I don't need Lisa or Mark's wife to kill me. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Because that's the thing, though. I, Anna really did lead him on. So up until the scene, and he knows that she's in a time of crisis, he's taking advantage of the fact, to me, he's taking advantage of the fact that she is like, I'm in need. I need to be comforted because we're going to get into this next scene where I'm like, y'all almost just smashed. Like it could have happened, yeah. but it's his fingernails. I'm just saying. So <laughs> obviously look, he's in love with Anna. He's in love with Anna at this point. And he is talking to himself in the mirror. And then we get a shot of a little boy mannequin. So after he gets off the phone with her and he tells her I can be there in 30 minutes, he's talking to himself 
there's this little boy mannequin in the corner. And I was like, well, why? You just, <laughs> why is that there? So that's the first time that we kind of see a mannequin that's not like a woman, but it's him. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is so crazy. So he is now at Anna's apartment and sees that she has company. It's her friend, Martin. And they have this like awkward conversation and Martin leaves because Martin is gay. I, I believe so. And it's just her friend. And he kind of was like, oh, I don't want to interrupt. Sorry. But it's like, no, Martin's like, oh, I have to go leave because I have an audition for a toothpaste commercial or something. I, I, I don't know. I assumed Martin was a neighbor in the apartment at this point. Oh, maybe he was, but it was also her like best buddy too. Right. I just assumed the way that he came back so quickly in the next scene. I just assumed mm-hmm. he was like a neighbor and just heard the commotion. That is, that's very true. So Anna tells Frank that she has gotten to a huge fight with her boyfriend because I think that Frank asked like, why did your boyfriend go out of town? Like, why did he just leave? Well, they got into a fight because he's an asshole. And Anna is really upset about all this. She tells Frank, I'm going to go make some coffee. She goes to make coffee and they sit and kind of look through some photos. Anna is blaming herself for Rita's death at this point because she feels like I tried to call her a cab. I asked if she needed to get home safely, but because I didn't, she apparently she was really close to this person who I feel like didn't really give a shit about Anna. Like she didn't really care about you. I feel like in that possession profession you kind of would be she'd speak to her all the time checking updates and leads and things like that yeah. I feel like they would have quite yeah. a strong connection emotionally yes yeah, so maybe Lisa- more, more so on Anna's part less on yes yes yeah, on so Rita's part Lisa watched this with me and Lisa wasn't sure whether okay. they were actually related Lisa questioned whether she was a relative it it kind of leads you to believe for a hot second that like was this a family member but then we know that it's really just like it's her art dealer somebody yeah. she was close to well Frank tells her to to just let go and begins to massage her shoulders with those dookie ass fingers. Mm, Because I can't. You ain't touching me. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you're not going to rub me. Like my husband works on cars. So he has dirty hands, but he knows like he takes a shower, like clean your fucking fingernails. That's a basic hygiene concept that we learn when we're little. (laughs) Frank don't care. Okay, he doesn't care. He takes off her sweater because he's like, oh, I'm going to rub on her. And he's, he's still caressing her. And there comes a scene where Anna doesn't seem like she's having it because she's too upset. Because after he takes off her sweater, he kind of like pulls down her like uh, she's wearing like a what would you call it? Like a cami. So it's like a tank top type thing. He kind of pulls it down and she's just like, no, she's too upset. And. Frank, again, tells her, look, this is this isn't your fault. He brings up that these other girls have been murdered. And this is where I get to what the fuck, because Anna seems extremely shocked because she hasn't heard anything about anyone else being murdered. So that's going to go back to what I said earlier, Mark, where I was like, he's watching the news. He's seeing that these bodies have been found. And it's like this unsolved murder case. But Anna is oblivious. Like she is like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so I was a I mean, little confused. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, like in this situation, I feel like I'm personally quite oblivious to the news. I don't follow mm-hmm. the news regularly. So if something like this Same. was going on, I don't Same. think I'd necessarily notice it, whereas Frank would because he is the pivotal point in the news article. So he will be following it closely because he knows about yeah. himself. So unless it's directly coming at us 
path or crossing or she's turned the news on at the right okay. time. She maybe hasn't noticed at this point. Yeah. As okay. I say, this I think has been filmed over a short period of time. So I don't think yes. she's necessarily noticed straight away either. Yeah. I mean, okay. me, me and Mark have spoken numerous times. I've got, oh, did you see this happen? Mark's like, what the fuck are you on about? What? What yeah. happened? Yeah. I, I don't follow no. world events at all. I'm very much in my own little bubble. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am too. So I agree with Mark on that. Like, I never watch the news. I don't know what's happening. We could all be about to be blown up. And I'm the last. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know this shit was <laughs> happening. Because I'm not political. And, you know, we don't talk politics and religion on my show. I just don't get into that with even people that I really dearly care for. I just like I don't talk about it with my husband. I don't talk about it with close friends. And you guys are close friends to me. I just I don't get into that aspect because I I hate to say this, but I think I'd just rather be oblivious. Yeah, it's a good I just place don't want to know. I just don't yeah. want to know. I don't want to be stressed out. Uh, well, anyways, so. She is wanting Frank to leave at this point because I think she's kind of realizing like Frank is a fucking psycho. She's beginning to get scared and she starts to cry. But Frank is still approaching her. And it's like he's like, calm down, you know, like everything's fine. Well, she I think she grabs a knife at this point. She slashes his arm. He hits her, knocking her into a table, which I was like, the fuck? Like he like yeah. fucking mortal combat, mortal combat at her ass into the table. Like, I was like, escalates very quickly, doesn't it? It did. Uh, I've got to say, this it gets scene, crazy. This scene, I went, okay. Like, slash, I was like, shit, shit. Oh, what? Yeah. It, it really went at like a, it went from a, I'm giving you a rub to I'm yes. now beating the fuck out of you in a, a heartbeat. It was, it was really, again, really well done. Yes. Yeah. And this comes back full circle to the conversation you had about the monotone thing, because this is one yeah. scene in particular that I noticed that Frank mm -hmm. maintained monotone emotions throughout the full thing. The whole conversation mm -hmm. he was having with Anna, everything felt very as if he was on one level throughout, <laughs> like things were escalating exactly. to such a dramatic peak and he was still yes. a very calm monotone pitch all the way through. Yeah. Well, I feel like if you're psychotic, like we talked about this on True Crime. I'm shouting out True Crime again, y'all. What's up? <laughs> What's up? But seriously, if you're psychotic, do you know that you're psychotic, right? Do you know that you're crazy? If you are psychotic, I, but, but you think that you're normal. That's what I think. I feel like you don't think that what you're doing is crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, all three of us are rational people. So every time yes. we see kicking off where all three of us are like, fuck, fuck, shit, shit, shit. Whereas Frank is used to this kind of chaos and abnormality in his life. So for exactly. him, it keeps him very sort of grounded in the moment and he's just taking it all in his stride. The, yeah. the thing is, though, does, does well this done. go back? Does this go back to like his his past trauma where he had to spend all that time traveling across Mordor to throw a ring into the, the mountain? <laughs> 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 hey, these are troubling times in his life. You know, I'm going to do the, my joke it's later. The molding of a man. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do my joke later after recording. It's too fucking funny. So I do, I do think that this whole scene escalated very quickly because it seemed like, how did Anna just automatically be like, "You're crazy," right? They begin because after he knocks her into the table, they begin to struggle, and she puts an. I, I think it was an ice pick through his hand. I know she stabbed something through his hand and I'm oh, like cool. fucking ouch. Right. Because that's not cool. But Martin is now banging on the door. So like you said, Mark, 
Martin must obviously have been her neighbor. Like he had to live close if he heard the the screaming and the struggling. He's banging on the door, walks in with a bat. Frank takes the knife and just goes right for his fucking smile. Because when he stuck that fucking cleaver in his mouth, I was like, bruh, you're oh, dead. Shit. I was like, like holy fucking shit. out. Yeah. You see everything as well. And I was like, fuck. And you can I, see him like gurgling on his blood. He's like, oh. it's so, such a Ridiculous. good practical effect as well. The practical yes. effects in this movie are top Fantastic. Tier. Yeah, they're they're really good. The scalping alone, I'm just like, how the fuck do you make that look so real? Like in your mind, you're thinking, well, I I've never done this, but you already perceive it to be like this is exactly what the fuck it would actually look like versus like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something where they take their face off and you're like, this is so cheesy. Like this is not. This is showing exposing tendons and brains and it's just fucking crazy so he does attack martin anna is in the bathroom while this is happening because she's unlocked herself into the bathroom she is calling out to martin um somehow though he gets up and he hits frank with the bat but frank pushes him into the bathroom door revealing anna holding the knife she is like pleading for him to leave it's like please leave it's like look there's so much shit that's already happened. He is not leaving clearly. And as this is happening, I think she sort of gets tangled up in a, I, I said shower curtain, but I'm not sure if it was a shower curtain or like a regular curtain. She gets all tangled in it because Frank yeah. gets her at this point. I, I assumed it was a plastic shower curtain at this point because yes. he used it to sort of knock her unconscious and take the life yes. out like a breath until she passes out so exactly with a regular cat and i'm assuming you can breathe through it because it's material so i had to assume at this point yes. it's plastic so he has her wrapped up and he's telling her to relax to calm down and now we cut to the streets and we see that frank is driving again but is approached by a police car that just takes off like the police car like goes up beside him and takes off Anna is in the back seat and Frank is telling her that it's going to be okay. Now she is passed out sort of at this point. It's now daylight and Frank goes to take the curtain off of Anna, but Anna is smart because it reveals a mannequin. Anna jumps out, stabbing Frank in the stomach with a mannequin hand, which I loved. I was like, this bitch is smart. Like she's, she's trying to survive. She is running away as Frank is going after her, but he's having these like sweet, flashbacks of them together and i say sweet because it's like he's only remembering the good times that they shared yeah he's not remembering any of the chaos that he created so as she's running anna does flag a car down she gets in and the driver like i can't even imagine what the fuck this person is thinking like this crazy bitch is getting into my car we gotta go but it looks like the driver hits frank but the car crashes like into a pole or something. And at this point, I'm like, okay, the driver is dead. He's injured. If he's not dead, he's injured bad. And Anna, who has been thrown out of the windshield, she's barely clinging to life at this point. She's just like, Frank is like, why did you do this? And it's like, bitch, you were trying to kill me. Like (laughs) I had to run away. And I found it so crazy because she's literally about to die. Like she just killed herself almost. And Frank tells her that he never did anything to hurt her. He never hurt her. And as he say, as he's saying this, he is bringing the, his scalpel out. Because it's like, you're fixing to like scalp her. 
The next shot is Frank holding a ring box and taking the ring out of it to put it on a mannequin's finger, which kind of confused me for a second because I thought like, okay, is he perceiving that to be Anna? Like the mannequin's wearing a wedding dress, right? So because he was in love with Anna, he perceives that to be his bride. Like I'm going to give you the ring and everything. Well, the mannequin happens to be wearing the scalp of Anna. So as Frank has taken the mannequin back, he is running into each of the women that he murdered. And this scene is so fucking crazy. Like the whole ending had me going bonkers. I was like, what the fuck is happening? They're taunting him and he's speaking to them like he doesn't know them, though. It's almost like he's just being taunted by strangers. But Anna is the only woman that he actually wants because you see all of the women are displayed. They are in real life, but they're all bloody and, and hurt. Yeah. But but Anna is not. Do you notice that she's on the bed and she's fine? Yeah. She's she's not bleeding or anything. Well, all the women are now surrounding him. And this part is the fucking actual titties to me. Like I love this is so crazy, but I loved it. They're like ripping his flesh apart. Yeah. Pulling Literally, up a like a mannequin. Yeah, exactly. But I loved it because the way it was shot and the way it was done, I was like, this is fucking scary. Like this guy has went so far fetched that he's having arms being taken off. They're ripping into him almost zombie like. And, you know, they end up doing all of that. They rip out his intestines. His skin is ripped off, exposing this terrifying face that looks lifeless. And this was the scariest part to me. The scariest part was when Frank's skin is taken off his face. Yeah, so I, I like, had to assume in this point oh. this was sort of the metaphorical representation of Frank's mm-hmm. death, dying from his injuries from the crash and the stabbing yes. and all the rest of it. And this was him dying and in his last sort of dying yeah. moments, this is what he's visualizing. It's so fucking scary, though. Like, his face is like, <laughs> like yeah. that is fucking terrifying. That was worse than the scalpings. That's worse than the other killings to me because he looked somewhat is so bizarre looking. Like, how do you, I, I, I've never ripped my skin off my face. I don't want to, but. Now, and again, they took it to. So scary. This kind of showing <clears throat> his psychosis. They do so yeah. well because at this point, you're fully aware that this is not happening. You know, it's not happening. But you, it's not. Um, you understand that to Frank, this is real. This is what Frank is seeing. Mm-hmm. And to do that in any movie is hard. And this movie, just, so. it gets it so right. Because at no point do I go, what the fuck is going on? I spend all the time going, oh, OK, this is in Frank's head. This, this is great. Yeah, this is yeah. brilliant. Uh, and because it's so pra- it's so well shot. You just mm-hmm. you feel everything that Frank is meant to feel throughout this movie. You live this movie absolutely. through absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. I've not seen another movie that you do that as well as this. I've no. not it's, exactly. It's really, really incredible. It really is. <clears throat> so as this is happening, we know that this is like this perception of what he thinks is happening to him. But then we get the police. It's like just a shot of the there are like a SWAT team. They're in the room and they're holding guns towards him and that's how it ends that's yeah, the so, motherfucking end yeah so he's asleep, <laughs> like, he's asleep in the cupboard isn't he he's in the cupboard that yes. he sort of hid in as a child and watched his mum through and all the rest of it so obviously at this point the fbi are clearly closing in on him which makes me yes the idea that the news articles and everything else that we've wondered about at this point are real 
Um, yes. And the FBI have now finally closed in on him. Obviously, unfortunately, they're too late. Anna's dead and he's sufficed injuries enough to kill him anyway because he's dead in the closet. Yes. I, yes. I thought it came around full circle, completely perfect yeah. for me. I mean, French Kiss, it was, it was, it was amazingly well done. Yeah. French oh. kiss. I like that. Not chef's kiss, but French kiss. <laughs> well, it's a French song. episode, isn't it? Wee wee. Wee wee. I don't know any French. I took French in um <clears throat> junior in junior high school. Like I took like a year of it and I was like, I don't know, like what the fuck is like our, our teacher was actually from France, like straight up, like his, his I think that's what it was. Like his accent was so different than Anna's accent in the film. And so I'm like. Has yeah, she but just my been completely different to Scots and we don't know yeah. it is you have... <laughs> but you have almost a uh and this is the closest thing that I could uh compare it to so correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not very culturally inclined but when I hear your accent versus Scott's accent I'm hearing a little more almost like a Scottish like um there's something different about it there yeah yeah I'm more right? northern cave dweller than Scott yeah. Okay. okay. We're, we're, more sophi- <laughs> we're more sophisticated here down in the south. Yeah. Unlike Scott, you, Heather. Scott speaks the Queen's English from where he's from, whereas I'm just sort of Farrell wasteland parts of the English coast. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's basically like Austin Powers meets the Leprechaun. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love it. It's very endearing that you guys don't live that far apart because you guys actually got to meet. And I don't think everybody knows that, that you guys actually got to meet in real life. Yeah, we did. We did. I real love life, that. Connection. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I'm so jealous. Like, I'm like, I want to go there. <laughs> you, I've said this it's to really you. Loads. Cool. You need to come over. You need to bully your husband and make it happen. Yes, we will. No, he wants to. Like, I want to travel. I've just never been on a, um, a flight that long. And I know it would be a long flight. And then I would be like, where the fuck do I go? Because you and Mark live so far. Well, it's not so far uh, apart, but different. We, we would make arrangements. To we, meet we'd, we'd meet you wherever. It's wherever. so cool. Like, the the UK is not that big. <laughs> we, we, we'll meet you wherever you land, Heather. <laughs> See, I wouldn't even know. So I have to research that. And that's something that we have to discuss off, off recording because I'm like, where the fuck do I go? Like, I don't know anything really about the UK. So I, just, I know I want to go there yeah. because like. Obviously. Land somewhere <laughs> and we will find a bar that is local to where you land and that will be it. Yeah, that's all we'll it, need. It's on my bucket list. It's, it's actually going to happen soon. So you guys don't be scared. I will not scalp you. <laughs> like <laughs> Everybody will hear my accent. So I'm really like excited to say to go to another country and people will be like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, you just do your Mary Poppins accent when you yeah. get to You'll fit right in. <laughs> you, you have to Yes. Yeah. The second you <laughs> land, till the second you leave, you have to stay in an in your English accent. Oh my god, it's so bad. You would get arrested. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. This is the thing. Like I do it for you guys because you guys just are hilarious, and we have a good time talking, and we have a good time podcasting. But like honestly, the only time I ever did it for more than like once or twice was whenever my daughter went to see One Direction. Of course, she loves Harry Styles. <laughs> Who doesn't? Have you seen him? I'm like, bitch, I love him too. He is so cute. <laughs> so we went to see them. And of course, they're from different parts of the UK. So you have a little bit of a different accent per each of the members of the band. 
but she was obsessed with Harry Styles. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to her in the accent for the two weeks leading up to the concert. And she was over it. She's like, mom, stop. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but you don't want me to talk like this. Like, what is the matter? <laughs> and, and she's like, stop it. And I'd be like, I would literally only answer her in the accent. And she'd be like, what are we having for dinner? I was like, oh, would you like a spot of tea? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. And she's like, stop it. Stop it. Spot okay. of tea. I don't think I've ever what you're spot supposed of to say. in my life. <laughs> yes, you say that. You're actually not from the UK. You don't know anything. Yeah. Mark, he, he's a traitor. Yeah, no. he, Mark's from the north. They don't say spot of tea. They say flagon of tea. Yeah, we just bang our chest and go. Flagon <laughs> <Flaggot> of tea. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. I don't I'm know like, what that means either. <laughs> look, I'm like, do you want a fucking cup of tea, bitch? <laughs> like, I don't even drink tea. But, anyways, okay, we're not, we're going to stop talking about my horrible accent and the fact that I am basically insulting your country. So sorry. <laughs> So sorry. So now that we're that we're at the end of the movie, of course, uh, we get into the what did we learn section, which I know is Scott's favorite part. So I cut my lessons down because I have two guests. So I like to be able to give everybody a, 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 a chance to showcase. So we're going to start with Scott. What did we learn? Wash your fucking hands. <laughs> yes. But yes. That is the first thing we learned. If you're going to go meet a lady... Whether you're going to kill them or not, wash your dirty fucking grubby hands. Yes, hunty, do that. <laughs> yeah, th that's the first thing we learned. And I've got one more. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this is a lesson for, for just life in general. Okay. If you are going to kill somebody, dispose of the bodies. How shit was this guy as a serial killer? I don't uh, know. Uh, <laughs> At no point did he make any attempt to hide what he's done. He's like, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to scalp you. And uh, do you know what? I'm just going to leave you there. I know I've killed you in a yeah. hallway, but it's fine. No one will know. I never That's got one thing that. I noticed from the vomiting scene as well. The whole time that vomiting scene early on in uh, the, the yeah. tattooed girl's apartment, I was like, you are literally just spraying DNA everywhere. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. And he made an exactly. attempt. Like, he wipes the toilet seat, but there's a big dollop on the floor. I was like, why are you not cleaning that up? He's such a bad. He's a bad. If you're going to be a, if you're going to be good. a serial killer, I mean, don't be a serial killer. But if you're going to be, at least make half of an effort not to get caught. Yeah, like that's that's I, my advice. Okay, Scott. Wonderful. I also agree with you because I'm like, <laughs> where did where did the dead bodies go? Like, where did you put them? But now it's Mark's time to shine. So, Mark, what did we learn? Um, I learned that. Building relationships has been difficult for Frodo since leaving the Shire. I'm going to choke on my wife. I fucking nearly spat my beer all over the computer. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> like, seriously, how much coughing can you put in a podcast? Oh, that was a lot. We I just did it. it. Oh, my God. And Ooh. also, this one might be slightly offensive to you, Heather, and I do apologize, but internet dating is for lunatics. I don't care. That's why. Look, <laughs> that's me. I don't care. It's fine. I I was lucky not to meet my husband. Like he wasn't a lunatic, obviously, and he's a really sweet guy, and he's super submissive, and totally opposite of how I am. So in meeting, it was more like I'm the aggressor. Like that is my personality. I think you guys know that by now. Like I'm far more aggressive, and he's just kind of like 
okay, whatever you want to do. And I'm like, but I love you because we're so polar opposite, but somehow we make it work. We've been making it work for eight years. It works. So find your polar opposite. I don't look, you can get on a dating website. It's fine. If you real lonely, just don't talk to Frank. Don't talk to Frank. Yeah. I feel like don't if, talk my to wife Frank. Left me, if my wife <laughs> left me tomorrow, I feel like I would die alone. Uh, yeah. I, I, me, funnily enough, when we met, yeah. we spoke about this and I said to Mark, mm-hmm. if it happened, if God forbid me and Lisa ever split up, yeah, internet dating would not be for me. I would be, I would be that guy in the bar still trying to talk to people in person. Hello, how are you? Can I buy you a drink? Hello, that, that hello. hello. <laughs> are we Mrs. Brand- Doubtfire? Like, what's happening? Like, I- hello. Oh, hello, dear. <laughs> I feel like okay, Scott. I can see you not surviving outside of Lisa. Like, no. love you, but sorry, Mark. <laughs> I I haven't. I don't really. I don't know your wife, but I would assume that like she's the kind of like takes on the responsibilities like she's kind of the forefront runner in the home i get that most of us women are so i feel like you're gonna die too (laughs) sorry rest in peace (laughs) i hope she never leaves me it's gonna be a very sad lonely life for me if she does (laughs) look look if she does and you do internet internet dating maybe reach outside of your like don't find anybody else that's in the uk like you want somebody crazy I don't I'll just know what take you up want. to be like one of them prison pan pals. I'll just start writing to women's prisons and stuff. <laughs> I'll give me for a while. <laughs> That's amazing. Great. That's great because then we get to do an episode of true crime on Mark. Yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I don't want him to die. Like, oh my God, no. Please don't. Okay. Stay alive, please. It'd make but a like, good episode, though. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine the ratings? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Skyrocket. Okay, sorry. We're yeah. getting off. Like, yeah, I, like I'm going off. Building, we're building an empire on my death now. So like, I'm, I'm literally trying to to get something good off of Mark dying. We don't want that to happen. So my <laughs> lessons are, <laughs> since you guys gave your lessons, my lessons are, number one, we never walk the streets alone. That's a PSA, actually. Don't do it, okay? I don't care where you live. Don't walk the streets alone. Somebody's probably going to kill you. Number two, mommy issues stick with you for life. Because they do. Trauma doesn't really leave you. And it did not leave Frank. And number three, which kind of plays off of uh, Scott's uh, lesson, always clean your fucking fingernails before touching anyone. Clean them. They don't look. You don't have to look like GQ, but like if you're rubbing on me and I see that your fingernails are black, I'm like, that's me. That's the only sound I can make. I'm like, bitch, don't. I'm just checking. I'm checking mine now. Okay, yeah, mine clean. (laughs) But so we did our what did we learn? So we go into our beverage rating, and I'm saying beverage rating because typically I'm alone. I do my wine rating. I'm going to give my wine. It wasn't that great, though. I've drank the whole bottle. (laughs) It is. It is what it is. So I'm going to give it like two out of five because I will never buy it again. It's fine. It's a little too sweet for my taste. Um, price wise, it's great. It's six ninety nine, you know, American dollars. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck the pounds. I don't get that shit. I don't. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. So like, it's it's fine. I don't understand it. I'm like, I'm gonna Google like, how do you convert? But you guys, the conversion is higher on your end. Yeah, I think. 
I don't so think it's always different nowadays. So to be honest with you, we're, we're at the pound to the dollar is not too far off at the minute. It, it's a little bit different, but it, it, it's more the thing where you have to be mathematical and I don't have time for that shit. Like I'm just like six ninety nine, ten percent sales tax. Okay, I got that. I just here, take my money. I don't care. But anyway, two out of five for my wine. So what do you give your drinks? And you can uh, go whatever order. I, I, I got very excited early on and felt like I give a very in-depth review and description of mine as well as a review. So I'm just going to skip this part yeah. completely. If you want to go back and listen to it again, you can too. That's do right. <laughs> Mark, no, Mark loved his, Mark loved his drink. So Scott, obviously it's the same shit you always be drinking. Yeah, it's the same shit I always drink. And um, always as Mark said earlier, Carlsberg do an ad where it's like, if Carlsberg done holidays and it shows the best holiday ever, um, so if Carlsberg done podcasts, it would be okay. Wednesday Wine and Horror. And it's a five out of five. Oh, oh what God. a legend. Such oh a gentleman. Like, like, y'all see my face? Like, this is me. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Am I, I thought, Anna and you're Frank? I thought like, you were going for a shameless uh, true crime <laughs> plug then as well. No, I, I wasn't going for a true crime plug. That's a Wednesday Wine and Horror plug. Scott <laughs> is my pal and he's been my pal for quite some time as well a lot of people won't know this but Scott started his podcast after I started mine I started in January of uh, 2021 so you started what March March yeah March okay so we we connected we became friends and your shit is just fucking blasting off like it's so incredible it's our shit I, now it's our shit well it kind of, hey, it's all three of our shit. Yeah, we're, exactly. we're in a menage a trois. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Okay, we're in a very, very, let me point this out, non-sexual menage a trois, okay? Because we all podcast together. And Mark, of course, podcast with Scott. I co-host with Scott. So it's just a lovely little family. Of- if we tie it full, full way round, we've also got Elise, horror review girl. I love he her. Who does YouTube? I, so that's this is me. It's a foursome. Love her. Oh, <laughs> what do you awesome. call that in French? Don't <laughs> <laughs> toi. Like I don't. I don't know any more past three. I, I can speak basic French, so I can ask for a beer. I can mm-hmm. ask for twenty cigarettes, which now I don't smoke. I don't need. Uh, and I can ask oh. if you'll go to bed with me tonight. That is the limit of my French. Oh, wait. <laughs> I feel I like that's all it. you need to survive. Is it no, 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 no. I have to hear this. How do you say I want to go to bed with you in, uh, in French? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Oh, oh, okay. What? <laughs> 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 what? I don't say that shit when my uh, husband gets uh, home. I had a, a, a misspent youth where I traveled a lot. Okay. I'm Again, traveling is on my bucket list. Um one day I'm going to come meet you guys and you're probably going to be a little scared, but I promise there will be no scalping. There will be nothing weird. Um, I hope they have good wine there. I hope that I'll have some good drinks there because I, that I don't drink beer. So I need like a good, a good drink. And so we'll have to talk about that and you can recommend something that I would actually like there because I don't know how the beverages flow. Vodka's good. Oh, I like vodka. Yeah, yeah, you'll be pretty fine. much anything. Anything you can get there, you can mm-hmm. get here. So don't worry yeah. too much. Okay, I'm good. All right, so you guys, we did our what did we learn? We talked about a bunch of other shit because this is what happens on Wednesday Wine and Horror. We just go on tangents, and I don't actually give an actual fuck 
because this is the way that I do my shit. So to we're going to end this. And I want to give a huge thanks to Scott and Mark for joining me on this episode. Like you guys are like, would I say your ace? Is that right? Yeah. Your ace. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're from the 90s, yeah, of course. <laughs> no. I'm, t- I'm going to cut, cut this shit out. We can cut that out. <laughs> I was trying to be sweet. Like, I feel like that's still very relevant because yeah, people, I'm you guys still ace. say that. Are you yeah. still ace? Fuck you, Mark. I'm still ace. <laughs> oh, right, okay. You know what? You know what it is? Okay. So me and Scott are the same age, but Mark, you're younger. Not only, only just. I'm, I'm 32. But okay, I have but an we're... apprentice. I have an apprentice who's 18 and he works for me. Oh. And he comes to work with the most ridiculous shit. His new thing at the moment is bougie. What? I don't oh, know what bougie God. means, but if he's like, oh yeah, that's like fancy, like fancy. Okay, yeah, so when someone says that, when someone says that, they're like, oh, I'm bougie as fuck. It means that they're like they're upper class. Yeah, I'm like you little dickhead, get in the van, you do a murder. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah. he's like oh, you're not bougie. Do you think that? I'm like, we do some work. I'm like, oh, how do you think that looks? He's like, oh yeah, that's proper bougie. I'm like, you're an embarrassment. Go away. He's eighteen. His look, he's eighteen. He's barely alive at this point that's the way i look at it i have a 19 year old daughter i'm just like you're nothing you don't even know yeah. anything so I shut up bring his mother and have some words i think I, I bet he does know how to use <laughs> internet dating though which puts him one step up from you and me will ever be yeah they, they, they live on it they live on it do these kids these days yes they do but that's because nobody meets anybody organically anymore you don't go to a pub a bar um a grocery store whatever it may be you don't just like, this is not a meat cute, right? This is not a film. We're not like, oh, I went to go buy some fucking broccoli and I just met the love of my life. No, it doesn't happen that way because we're in 2022 where everything is technologically savvy. So in order to meet somebody, you kind of have to, I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, when I was growing up, it was a normal case of picture. like, uh, I'm going on a date. I met this girl at the pub or I met this girl at the gym or i met this girl yeah these days they just described you which app they met this certain person on i'm like fuck's sake (laughs) (laughs) well look i've been i've been married more than one time so like i did not meet my other husbands that sounds so bad but i didn't meet my other husbands on any type of dating website it was like okay i met you like i was in high school and then we jumped to i already knew the person i went to school with the person so like we have a child together and it's, we're like best of friends. We're divorced, but we're like best of friends. And then I meet my husband now on a dating website and I almost got off of it. Crazy enough. I was like, I can't do this. This is fucking stupid. Everybody's trying to send me dick pics. I don't have time for that shit. Like, I don't want to see your penis. Like nobody asked you to send me that. And that's the problem these days. Everybody is like too coy. Like, let's just, I'm going to send her a dick pic. She, like, unless you're Frank's mother, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Frank, Frank's mother's definitely needs dick pics. <laughs> oh, God. She's into a lot of shit. But anyways, you guys, so I do appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you dealing with my banter, with my drunkenness, because my husband has to deal with it soon. So sorry, Stephen. Love you, but. <laughs> You're going to deal with this shit. And I want to uh, give thanks to everybody else that listens. Look, if you want to be nicer to me, you can go subscribe, 
give me a follow under Wednesday Wine and Horror. Give me a five-star review. Like, come on, do it because you're not doing anything else. And yeah. before, before I end it, where can everybody find you? Because I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be salty, but like, obviously I know, I know where I can find you guys, but like tell everybody where they can find you. Well, they can find me at, at you run podcast. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, or oh, search- TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. I, I've got quite into TikTok recently. Anyway, that's a different conversation. Uh, yes, I can do ser- it. Search You Run Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll find mm-hmm. me. Um, I'm going to take this bit for Mark. In fact, Mark, what's your Instagram handle? I was literally going to open up with... Come on, Mark, you, you know it. Instagram and Scott, where can you find me? <laughs> yeah, so you can find Mark... Damn at, it! At MW... Sorry, at MW underscore horror underscore reviews because mark doesn't know his own instagram handle also you can hear mark on the new run podcast every single tuesday take this moment to plug the podcast because fuck the instagram page now no we're plugging plug it come on i am co-host on the podcast now and that is much more important i would rather you went and Mm -hmm. listen to the podcast and come and check out my page if you like the podcast then come and check out my page but go listen to the podcast first because it's awesome or or do it either way around it's uh, mwhorrorreviews.com or yourunpodcast.com. We're, we're easy. We're easy enough to find. See, I can remember my website, <laughs> but you can't remember your fucking Instagram handle. Like it's at got all. A lot of complications to it. No, you know? <laughs> look, dear, it is not. It's like mw underscore horror underscore review. Like it's not that fucking hard. Mw horror underscore underscore. <laughs> no, no, you guys. Look, you guys. You can find these guys. They're easy peasy to follow. Uh, they're fantastic. I suggest that you follow them because if you don't, I might scalp you. Go follow them. They're incredible. Mark does really, really fantastic horror movie reviews. And if you're not following him, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Like you literally have to follow him. He puts a different spin on horror movie reviews for me because I read, like you can read whatever on IMDb, right? You can go read the reviews. It's just some asshole writing a bunch of shit. Mark actually puts in the dedication of giving you a full on review. I love them, you know, cause I'd be liking all your shit. Like I'd be like, 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 comment, like, like that's just me because I like to support my friends I hope that you guys support me. I hope that you guys support Mark and Scott. But guys, it's time to end. Until next time, stay boozy and always stay spooky. Mm